Hello and welcome to another edition of the Colts Convert Podcast. I am your host, Derek, and coming at you with another edition. It is Friday, March 20th, 2020, still recording from an undisclosed self-quarantine location. Not really, just uh, an apartment in Indianapolis, but still going through the self-quarantining and social distancing process as a result of the coronavirus outbreak that has been going on the last weeks and months throughout the world and the United States. And it seems like every day there is another state that is enforcing the policy of staying inside. And uh, just this morning, California, I believe, enforced the policy of shelter in place, which is a advisory to stay inside unless you have to do something essential, go to the grocery store, healthcare appointment, work. It has been advised that most people stay home from work or find some way to stay home from work. I know that has been a big issue throughout the world and the country. A lot of layoffs going on as, as companies try to figure out what the next steps are and how they will uh, stay afloat as we all go through this outbreak. So again, I hope everything is going well with you and your family. For those that are listening, this is going to be something that is a day-to-day type thing, but it seems for the moment, this will be the new normal, staying inside, staying isolated and just kind of a, a standstill to what we all consider normal life, social gatherings. It seems like all of that will be put on hold for a while as we all try to work towards containing this outbreak. Seems like there's ha- there has been a lot more buy-in over the last couple weeks and days, especially in the United States. A lot more people are taking this seriously, which is a good thing. And I think that is the kind of actions that are going to be necessary to contain this outbreak and just slowly get us back to some sense of normalcy. But it seems like for now, this will be the new normal. With that being said, just wanted to update all the Colts fans out there, what's kind of been happening the last few days in Colts land, which is not much. This is, again, the first week of free agency. The first two days of the week, the Colts made gigantic moves on both sides of the football, trading for and then signing DeForest Buckner to a long-term deal on Monday and then Tuesday, signing Philip Rivers to a one-year $25 million contract. Huge needs for the Colts, one on each side of the football. Right off the bat, just secured two major positional needs for the team moving forward for the 2020 season. It was a little bit of of a surprise based off of the past playbook of the Colts front office and Chris Ballard. But now that we're getting into the 
end of this first week of free agency, we're starting to get back to the Ballard playbook. It's been since that Phillip Rivers signing, I believe, since the Colts have made any type of move. I do not believe there have been any moves made by the Colts on Wednesday, Thursday, or uh, so far today on Friday. And for the Colts fans, I believe that is kind of what we have expected and what I've come to expect in the uh, these last few seasons during free agency with the Colts. It was a little bit of a surprise just based off the first two days of free agency, but now we're starting to get into that second, third wave of free agency. A lot of people have been signed. A lot of moves have been made by other teams. Tom Brady just officially signed his deal today, two-year, $30 million a year deal. There's been some big trades. Darius Slay was traded from the Detroit Lions to the Philadelphia Eagles as the Eagles continue to try to revamp their secondary. Todd Gurley was released by the, the LA Rams, which was a big surprise. It's amazing to think that just a couple seasons ago, Gurley was considered an MVP candidate and a legitimate all-pro running back. Has had some issues with his knee, uh, the arthritic knee. But it seemed like even last year, the Rams were still trying to play it off, kind of just like, you know, he's all right. We still trust him. We still believe in him. We think he's going to get back to his old self. It looks like that trust has faded. They needed to free up some cap space, so they did release Gurley yesterday. It did not take long at all for him to get signed by another team. The Atlanta Falcons, who earlier in free agency released Devonta Freeman, they signed Gurley yesterday at the end of the day yesterday. So not surprising, didn't take long for Gurley to find a new home. But there have been a lot of moves being made throughout the league, smaller moves, medium-sized moves, but a lot of activity has been going on the last couple days. The Colts have not been a part of that activity, which makes me think that they are now back to their playbook of second, third wave free agency, waiting for the teams to use up their cap space for the free agents uh, to be there who maybe have a little bit more value, who have been overlooked, who might have had a higher asking price than teams were willing to go after. And now as we get into the second week of free agency, third week, I think you'll see the Colts really start to pick apart this free agency class and find guys that are going to be of value and and fit positional needs as they try to build depth before the draft. So just going over a few people that are still left on the free agency board that I think may be good fits for the Colts and would not allow them to break the bank. I believe that there are about $20 million left of cap room. As I mentioned on the previous episode, there are still ways for the Colts to free up more cap room if they release certain players, if they can find a new team for Jacoby Brissett and trade him away. 
There are still ways to free up cap space, but today, I believe the figure is around $20 million left. Still have to factor in that money that they need to sign draft picks. So really about, I would say, $15 million. But I believe that number will rise as they find out ways to manipulate the cap number. And so they should still be fine to go out and get guys that they feel are, are good fits for the team, add depth, and find some value in these next few waves of free agency. So the way things are going, I might mention this player every single episode that I do, but Emmanuel Sanders is still on the board. Do not let the Buccaneers get Emmanuel Sanders, Colts. It seems like everyone wants to be a Buccaneer now that Brady has signed on. But Emmanuel Sanders is still on the board. I think he would be a great fit as that number two receiver across from T.Y. Hilton. Provide that veteran leadership that you need and be a great target for Phillip Rivers. Kind of reminds me of what Phillip had in Keenan Allen with the Chargers. A guy that he can rely on third down, big time situations. You could, there were times when Phillip Rivers would just be playing catch with Keenan Allen. You knew that he was going to get the ball and he would get it to him anyways. Emmanuel Sanders is that type of guy where any situation, especially on big time downs, third down situations, you can get him the ball to move the chains and to get that offense rolling. So I think that would be a great investment to bring in Emmanuel Sanders. If that is too uh, much of a price tag for them, or if someone else picks him up, I think any day now he should be getting signed. But there are a couple other receivers in Robbie Anderson and Rashard Perryman, who this is, to begin with, not the strongest receiver free agency class, but those are guys who are at the top of that list now that A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, are off the board. Uh, Randall Cobb has been signed. So Perryman and Anderson are two guys who are still at the top of that receiver free agency list. And because they have not been signed yet, I'm guessing that their market prices, their, their asking prices, uh, teams are not budging on those prices. From what I've seen, Robbie Anderson, his range was somewhere 11 to 13 million dollars that he was expecting to sign for Perryman around eight million dollars eight nine million dollars so I'm guessing that teams are not budging on those price ranges especially there is a strong receiver class coming up in the draft teams are probably willing to wait until the draft to fill depth at that position because it is a loaded receiver class. So that's hurting some of those receivers like Robbie Anderson, who is looking for a nice contract, but he might not get what he, he's asking for because the leverage is not quite there for him at that point because of the loaded receiver class. But if his price comes down maybe to 10 million, 9 million dollars. The Colts might want to jump on that. He was not as consistent as you would like 
for a receiver who was the number one or number two guy uh, with the Jets, just depending on who you ask. I know Crowder was there, but he also did not have the most consistent quarterback play or O-line play from that offense the last couple of seasons. But there were signs that he has what it takes to be a legitimate receiver, especially a number two type receiver. He showed flashes of productivity and he can stretch the field. I think he's gotten a lot better in his overall game, running routes, be, being more of, of a underneath and intermediate depth receiver, but he can always stretch the field. That, that's one thing that has been his strength from the get-go. And he would be another, I think, uh, quality depth piece if they can, uh, the Colts can find the right price to bring him in at. Same thing with Perriman at a lesser level. If they can sign him for seven, eight million dollars, that's another guy who did not have the same type of opportunities uh, to prove himself in Tampa Bay just because they had two phenomenal receivers there. But last year he did have over 40 catches, was a solid third receiver for that offense. And again, towards the end of the season, he did show signs that he could be a productive receiver at the NFL level. So those are uh, a few guys, I think, for receiver that the Colts can bring in still. I mentioned Higgins on the last podcast. I think that would be an option. But I do think they need to address the receiver position in free agency, bring in at least one veteran receiver to, to fill that receiver room with some veteran depth. I, I would not doubt, and they should, take advantage of that loaded receiver class in the draft, but I think they should bring in at least one veteran depth piece as well. Emmanuel Sanders. Anyways, defensive end. Vinny Curry is a guy that I've been looking at that is still on the board, a veteran, early 30s. I believe he is 32 years old or will be by the beginning of the season, has played with the Eagles for most of his career, and I think he's a quality veteran that you could add to your D-line to provide some pass rushing depth. Um, a guy who can come in, he's not going to play every snap, but you can bring him in when you need to, third down, certain situations where you need pressure. And he had a resurgent year last year, five sacks with the Eagles. He's a, a veteran piece that probably could sign for two, $3 million, great value, and just another guy who you could put on that defensive line. The Colts are hoping that the young guys that they've drafted the last two drafts in the second round, uh, Banagoo and um, uh, Ture, hoping that those guys can step up their game and provide some production on the D-line, but I think you still need to build depth. You can always build depth on that D-line and that pass rush. So I think Vinny Curry would be a great addition. Cornerback. A guy that I've been more and more interested in is Artie Burns. He's a guy who was a former first-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers just a few years ago, 2016. First-rounder. Uh, for whatever reason, the Steelers fell out of love with him. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if it was a positional scheme type fit or 
there was just some type of internal issues with him and the coaching staff. But for whatever reason, he did not play last year a lot, was inactive a lot, non-injury, inactivity, and just kind of fell out of the rotation at the cornerback position for the Steelers. But a guy who is currently 24, I believe will be 25 years old to start the season. Former first rounder, pretty good size for a corner, six foot, about 200 pounds, ran very well at the combine, I believe in the low to mid four fours uh, when he did run in 2016. This is a guy who has, I think, Colts written all over it. I think they would have to do their due diligence. I'm not sure if he fell out of love with that Steelers team because of a character issue. You would obviously have to do your background and see if everything checked out with his character because I know that is a big, big box that the Colts check. You know, they're big on, on players that have um, care, strong character. So he would have to check the boxes in that regard. But this is a guy, I think, who has Colts written all over it. A guy who, for whatever reason, just fell out of that rotation. But it's 25 years old, first-round talent. I think he's a great piece that you could add to that cornerback rotation. They need, just like the D-line, they need depth at corner. I know you have some young guys that are uh, looking to step up this year, but I think you can still add depth to the position. And if you can add a young guy that still has an opportunity to be a solid player in the league, I think you can definitely um, you know, make that move. He does not have a lot of leverage. He is probably going to sign for one, $2 million, just a approve me deal to try to get some more momentum so maybe he can sign a, a bigger deal later down the line over the next couple seasons. But he does not have a lot of leverage when it comes to contract negotiations. So I think they could, the Colts can sign him for $2 million, if, that, if maybe less, and bring in a young corner who is hungry to prove himself, has the talent, and I think that would be a great addition to uh, provide some cornerback depth. And also, a couple other free agents that have intrigued me. You hear some rumors here and there about, about these guys, but uh, Delaney Walker. I think Delaney Walker would be a nice addition to the tight end position for the Colts. They let go of Ebron. They are not going to re-sign Eric Ebron. They still have Jack Doyle, Moelle Cox, but Delaney Walker would add that receiving threat. He's gone through some injuries the last couple years with the Titans, but just from playing the Titans twice a season, the Colts know how productive this guy can be when he's healthy. Very underrated tight end, but very productive when he is healthy. He kind of reminds me of a Antonio Gates type guy, and Phillip Rivers loves his tight ends. Loves his tight ends, especially in the red zone. And Delaney Walker is a very, very good red zone uh, tight end. He can work underneath, great hands, and sneaky explosiveness and athleticism. 
but this is a guy that just continues to go under the radar every season. Again, I know he was injured uh, with the Achilles injury, I believe, and kind of recovered from that last season. Wasn't as productive as he normally is, but that's a guy out there. You could probably sign him for a, a very reasonable contract, and he can provide a, a nice tight end piece for you. And then a very similar situation, but at safety, been hearing a lot of rumors over the last couple of weeks about Eric Berry, former All-Pro, Pro Bowl safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has gone through his own injuries, his own Achilles injuries, and you know even uh, you know if we take about four or five years ago, this is a guy who had cancer, who dealt with cancer, battled through it came back and I believe uh, after he came back was a, a Pro Bowl safety so this is a very tough individual and he wants to come back he sat out all of last season to recover from that Achilles injury but now he's a free agent and he wants to play another uh, another season or uh, play another few seasons just depending on how things go but again another situation where you will not have to break the bank to bring Eric Berry in. He wants to prove himself. He wants to prove that he can play. He does not have, besides the fact that he, he definitely has the resume, uh, because of his injuries, I believe you can sign him for a very good value. And the Colts are not desperate at safety. But again, in the secondary, you can always have depth in the secondary, especially with a veteran a guy who can bring a ton of leadership, lead-by-example type guy, very tough, and has a connection with Justin Houston from his days in Kansas City. I think that would be great to pair them together. Just, just talk about two guys, two leaders on that defense who could really be that foundational leadership that can guide some of these younger guys and raise the game of some of these younger guys um, I, I think that would be a great add to bring Eric Berry in. So those are about five or six guys that I think would be interesting additions to the Colts. And now we're starting to get into the nitty gritty of free agency. The big names, most of the big names have been signed, but this is where teams make their money here. This is where you start to get value as you move on into these uh, these deeper pools of free agency. There's still some great value to be had, and I think this is where the Colts really shine and have shined over the last few seasons under Chris Ballard's direction. I think that they are looking to make a, a lot more moves as we head into free agency. They're not going to be the big splash moves like a Phillip Rivers or DeForest Buckner, but they will be moves that help this team moving forward in the 2020 season. So looking forward to those moves. Again, looking forward to the draft being about a month away. I'm doing my research right now on a lot of these guys in the class, and I hope to get an episode. Uh, first one will be breaking down my favorite position. I'm very biased with the, the wide receiver position, but I'll be breaking down the receivers first. I'm doing my research. There's a lot of interesting prospects for the receiver group, uh, as I mentioned. And not just me saying this, but draft analysts and front office people are saying that this is 
the best class probably in about 10 years uh, for receivers. So uh, looking forward to breaking that down for you and just continuing to see how the, the Colts go about this free agency. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Talk to you next time.